0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call. As tonight, your Indiana Hoosiers fall on the road to the Maryland Terrapins, 66 to 55 snapping Indiana's five-game winning streak and dropping the Hoosiers to 15-7 and seven overall and 6-5 and five in conference play. And really, you know, frustratingly, another loss for Indiana where it wasn't the result, but it's how the result uh, was achieved. You know, you go on the road against a team like Maryland that has really been beating people on the road, and there's a path to losing this game and coming out of it and feeling like, hey, you know what? We went out there. We played well on the road. You know, we just lost on the road in the Big Ten, and that happens. But I think as we'll talk about tonight, it was just, you know, a game where Indiana, you know, some of the old issues that we've seen, you know, really seem to crop up. And it honestly felt like a game that Maryland probably should have won by more than they did, given how many shots rimmed out, how many opportunities they missed. Uh, so anyway, that's why we're here to break it all down. We're going to do that. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips. And guys, let's start the show the way we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. You know, and not a lot of choices in this one. So I'm going to go to late in the second half. You know, it's 54 to 44, Indiana. You know, it kind of feels like they've got one last gasp to try and get back into this game. And Trace Jackson Davis does what he's done so often this year, you know, which is put the team on his back for a sequence and try to give him a lift. He, you know, missed a shot, got a rebound, put back, scored. Uh, you know, then a couple of possessions later, they ran a really nice pick and roll. You know, Jalen, uh, you know, got it to Trace as the roll man. He gets an and one. And it's 54 to 49, you know, and Trace once again was just outstanding from a statistical perspective, 18 points, 20 boards, uh, you know, didn't have the block and the assist numbers that we've seen from him, uh, but, you know, was the one guy who was producing. Uh, But when they got to that point, then... You know, Jalen missed a runner and and they just they couldn't capitalize, had turnovers. uh, And then, you know, Maryland was obviously able to get some buckets there late, especially Dante Scott, who really closed it out with a couple of nice post moves. Um, But that little stretch there by Trace Jackson Davis, it gave Indiana a little bit of life. And for a brief moment, you know, with Indiana down five and having a couple opportunities, you kind of felt like, man, are we actually going to steal this one? Uh no. Maryland shut the door on that very fast. Uh, but it was, you know, one nice little uh kind of moment of life there for Indiana late in the game uh before it went away. But another You know, great statistical game from Trace, who set an Xfinity record uh, with his 20 rebounds. But, you know, as we'll talk about in this one, you know, really, uh, you know, Indiana has missed Xavier Johnson in every game he's out because he's such a good player. I think they missed him more tonight than in any game all season, because he's a guy who can guard Jameer Young. He's a guy who can give you secondary offense when your other guard is struggling. And that's what Indiana was going to need to win this game was offense from its guards. It didn't get it. And the result was an 11 point loss uh, to Maryland. All right, guys, let's talk about our presenting sponsor, Home Field Apparel. That is the wrong song. Let's try that again. (laughs) We're all struggling tonight.
1: Uh,
0: Yes, our banner moment tonight, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel. Now, in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network, And ladies and gentlemen, I have some bad news. The Magic shirt, the streak is over. I think the shirt won nine straight women's games and men's games. Uh, It finally lost its first game tonight, but... You know that's okay. Homefield magic is always uh, with the Hoosiers because Homefield Apparel has the largest selection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. Apparently, they have even more stuff coming out. But if you haven't checked the IU collection at Homefield Apparel recently, you really need to. They've got new crewnecks, they've got new hoodies, stuff for the winter. And as you start thinking about your wardrobe for the spring and summer, they have some really nice new T-shirts there too. And it's not just Indiana; they have you know schools all over the place. I won't name uh, the school that they're getting ready to launch. Uh, but just know that I really wish AJ Moye had blocked the tweet from Homefield Apparel when they announced it. Uh, but they're always launching new schools. You should follow Homefield Apparel on Twitter. Check them out. It's comfortable material. The colors last through many washings. And it's a company that came up through the Kelly School of Business that's still there in Indianapolis. They love supporting us. We love supporting them. So check out homefieldapparel.com. The promo code is HOME, H O M E. That will get you 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME. H-O-M-E at homefieldapparel.com. Okay, well, let's find the open man. Uh, Move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Coach, we will start with you. It is Tonsoni time. What is on your mind tonight?
1: Well, it's just a a, a bad performance tonight overall. There's no other way to say it. Uh, Defensively, offensively, I think the coaching staff uh, didn't do a good job. I think the blame lies equally, uh, and and it's a little more – I don't know if the word comforting is right but after you win 5 in a row and you know that stuff works and players can play better and you have a performance like this it's it's a little bit better to sit back and say okay that was just uh one of those uh, outliers hopefully and and we can get back to business the problem is you got the number 1 team in the country coming in to to your place and you're going to have to play obviously a heck of a lot better but I thought Indiana struggled defensively guarding the bounce uh, tonight Uh, you mentioned missing X I thought he obviously would have helped a lot there I thought offensively Uh, Early on, they had a a pretty good start, but it it still wasn't smooth, and then it it all fell apart, and there wasn't a whole lot of creativity tonight by the players. There wasn't a whole lot of creativity by the coaching staff in putting players in position, and it was just a woeful uh, performance on on both sides, and you know, it's tough to win in the Big Ten, but you've got to play better, Uh, and, and this is two performances in a row on the road that have been very subpar in, in the performance of, of the program. And so this gives the coaching staff and everyone a chance to go back uh, and, and try to figure out that they've got to do some things differently as, when they go on the road because these performances are just not, uh, not even close to winning basketball.
0: Well said. Ryan, over to you. What's your rant tonight?
2: You know, I, I, I will say I, I thought both teams played really poorly and, and yeah. Indiana could have lost this by 30. Uh, if, if Maryland hits open shots and, and they had plenty of open shots that didn't, that didn't go down. Uh, I want to talk about, and also I want to say side note, this feels like a game. Oddly enough that Xavier Johnson comes back and we meet them in the big 10 tournament. And it's a completely different game, not at their place. And with the guard who can actually play with, with their guards and guard the dribble, um, just a weird thought I had watching the game. Uh, but I'm going to talk about Jalen Huchifino. I, I mean, that was his worst game at Indiana tonight. One of 14. He finished with three points, five rebounds, four assists, and four turnovers. Um, I mean, there were times where he was struggling to even hang on to the basketball. It looked like he wasn't watching the ball into his hands and was just fumbling it about. Uh, he really forced. All, I mean, I, he missed 13 shots. And I don't think any of those 13 was particularly close to going in. I mean, it, you know, none of them were on the inside of the room and rattled out. They were, they were all over the place. He was long all night. And he kept forcing it, which, uh, you know, when you're a pure three-point shooter, like a, like a Miller cop or someone like that, and you're missing, you keep shooting because you shoot yourself out of the slump when you're a playmaking guard who, can, who has shot-making ability, that's not how you get yourself out of the slump. You get yourself out of the slump by getting everybody else involved, and then you're going to get open looks, and when you're in the rhythm of the game, you'll make it. Now, I, I thought Jalen was terrible tonight. I really do. The caveat here is I don't blame him that much. He's a freshman. The problem is, is that Indiana relies on him way too much, and, and you thought going in, well, Jalen's got to get 15. He's probably got to hit three threes for Indiana to even have a chance in this one. That is not a position to put an 18 year old kid in. It just isn't. And and I know with injuries and all of that, uh, you know, especially with Xavier Johnson out, it's this is this is the world we live in now. But what needs to happen is those supporting cast members need to step up. Trey Galloway needs to be better than he was, and I thought he was okay, but he needed to have a really good game tonight, and I thought he was fine, uh, you know. Tamar Bates needs to hit some shots or make some plays or do something. I thought he was pretty bad. And, and I thought that, you know, offensively, I didn't think he just, I didn't really think he got any opportunities defensively. You can't have that flagrant foul on a breakaway. I mean, you've got to be smarter than that. It was a, what a, a four point game at that point foul, or it was There's a two. two. It was two. He fouls them. They make two free throws. Then they get another bucket. It's six points. All of a sudden, it never got closer than that. I didn't feel like it got closer than that. I think they, they got, got to it to five. five it, once. They got the five at yeah. once. But, you know, even that five didn't feel that close because they weren't scoring. And, and so the other guys have to step up. Another guy was to step up. I raised Thompson at 11 points tonight, uh, and uh, he's clearly struggling a lot physically. I thought defensively, Uh, He had a couple bad possessions, but I thought in general, he was fine defensively and and was really trying on the boards. He's not getting up as much on the boards as he was, and he got beat for a few offensive rebounds, but he's trying out there. Offensively, he's a disaster right now. I thought he started the second half well, but other than that, he was turning the ball over. He's making bad decisions with passes. He's, you know, timid when he goes up for shots. I get he's got to play because Jordan Geronimo is out, but he just has to wake up. I mean, it's it's if he's going to be out there with that hurt leg, he's got to wake up. So these supporting pieces, the point is, these supporting pieces have to step up because Jalen Huchefino can't carry you. It's not fair to him. And I, I, it's it's just fair to, to that kid to have to be a stud every single game
1: when, especially on the road when he's he's a freshman. So Indiana, but we saw has this to with X other guys. We saw this with X last year in games, Wisconsin. The system that Indiana runs, and it has won five games in a row. So don't go overboard in the chat that I'm anti-Woodson. But the it's heavy post play and heavy point guard play. They rely very heavily on their point guards. That's just what Coach Woodson believes of, in.
2: And a lot of ice. And sometimes to make plays.
1: Yes, and and sometimes the point guard then feels that pressure that they got to shoot and they got to do those things. When yeah. X was really good last year, he was getting seven, eight, nine assists. When Jalen Hood-Shafino is good, he's getting six, seven, eight, nine assists, and yep. he's scoring. And, and you come off a game like that as a freshman and you believe in yourself and the system is shoot the ball. Um, he was going to keep shooting. He was going to keep shooting. Uh, and, and so he's got to find that right rhythm, kind of like X found it last year. And I'm sure the coaching staff and everyone will, will watch film and talk to him. But this was a freshman performance in that heavy role. You're absolutely correct. In that heavy role, that uh, didn't work out tonight. It's yeah, just we- a point guard centered uh, and post centered offense. And let me follow up by one thing.
2: It's I'm okay with a guy struggling like he is when he's that important shooting the ball if he's confident. Jalen, this was fake confidence tonight. He just kept shooting. You could see the look on his face. He was not confident any of these shots were going in. He was off. He was out of it. And look, you're on the road playing at a place where nobody in the Big Ten has won this year. Like, it's a tough environment. It's all of those things. The Maryland fans chant horrible stuff at opposing players. Like, it can get you rattled. Indiana was rattled all night. I get why he had that struggle performance. But if other guys step up, that one for 14 is maybe a one for seven because somebody right. else is doing something in the offense and cutting that down. Malik renew a guy. I mean, he's just got a guard without fouling. Like it's, you know, he, he didn't do anything. He had six points, but he fouled out in 13 minutes. He fouled out. Uh, uh, that was a Travis Knight esque performance. Fans of the early two thousands NBA. will get that one, but um, great but reference. It, <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, there's like three people I know who are laughing their ass off right now. Uh, no, but I, you know, it's it, and, and they gotta do things when things like this aren't working. You have to get other perimeter players involved.
0: Run, run, run some shot stuff from. That's Miller the Cobb, thing. Do yeah, that, something. That's the biggest thing. That's I come out thing. of this game thinking, like Ryan, I get it. You're right. Guys do have to quote unquote step up. Can we help him step up a little yes, bit? I, agree I mean with that. Too. But like, I agree. Like here's the thing, you know, I I fully agree. I thought Tamar struggled. I thought especially early he wanted no part of handling the ball against the press. Yep. he was just trying to get rid of it. I actually they thought he settled down. I thought he settled he down did. and played better offensively in the second half. But the thing is, After the he's left ran, on he an island. He he's left on an island to get his points. And this is a guy who's shooting forty plus percent from. Three-point range. This is a team that's in the top 20 nationally and shooting threes, and we took 11 when things weren't going well offensively. So I agree with if you. And two of those Miller Cott needs did, yeah. to step up. Yeah. Tamar Bates needs to step up. You know, Trey Galloway does. Trey Galloway hit both of his three-pointers. I don't know. You know, like maybe get the guy another one. Yeah. So that's yeah, the thing I come course. out of this game. I fully agree. You know, the way they were defending Trace, obviously they were pulling the double on him. They were playing really physical on him and Jalen wasn't making shots, and the formula that you thought going into the game is, okay, Jalen gets you 15-20, Trace gets you 20-25, you play good defense, and you can you know maybe go steal a win there. Well, when Jalen's not scoring, you would think that you do something else. And this, to me, is what really highlights the fact that we just leave our wings on their own, and they're not guys who really create shots. Like, Tamar can be a tough shot maker, but you're not going to rely on that. You know, that needs to be like a bonus if he happens to hit one or two of them. So, you know, that was the frustrating thing for me offensively is it seemed like you needed someone else to step up. But what was done to help those guys step up? And to me, to my eye, not a lot. Yeah, coach. I mean,
2: I know you know this, but movement against the zone and screening for shooters to pin defenders against the zone is basic day one zone offense. They got Indiana. a three
0: for Trey doing exactly that and then didn't do it again.
2: And Indiana didn't run it all night. And 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 again, when a guy like Ray Thompson isn't playing well, use him as a screener against the zone when he's not an offensive threat, as he was not tonight. Use him to pin that outside guy on a screen. Run Miller cop behind him to the corner where he likes to shoot and let him fire away. You need, as, as Jared said, you need to get these guys involved. Run that same thing for Tamar Bates until they prove they can stop it. You keep running that. Run a pin down from the top. You know, pin one of those. Throw it into Jackson Davis. Run a screen and pin one of those th- those top two defenders down. Kick it out and you've got a wide open three. When you are behind on the road, your path to coming back is to make outside shots. Indiana only took nine in the run of play and then forced two very late. In the last minute, I think, or or minute and a half, Miller cop was basically told, shoot this, and and he's forcing it up with a guy all over him. And then uh, Jalen came down and shot one. I mean, that cannot be the formula. Another one of those shots was Caleb Banks at the end of the shot clock firing it up. So really, you shot eight in the run of play. I mean, that's unacceptable when you are in a struggle game on the road. You've got to be able to step into some shots. You've got to have plays that can get you
1: those looks, and you've got to be able to rely on him, and they don't, and they haven't. You know, you can say that about the offense, too, and and, you know, I know we have our our rival coming up, but to to sit here and say that Robbie Hummel knows what he's talking about, uh, you you get Trace Jackson in that little – a ball screen, you rub the guard off and then you got him in a ball screen and you got him on the move and they can't double on the move. I thought that was excellent, excellent point. And we didn't go back to it. Nope. You know, or or we waited until 5 minutes left in the game to go to that uh, a little bit more. That's like I always say, I think this coaching staff makes adjustments. I think they make them about 10 minutes too late. And they don't think ahead, in my opinion, enough to say, this isn't working right now, so let's try to do something different. But that was a nice play, the the play that you talked about with Galloway. But why not run it for Cop? Or wh- why not run it for Tamar? Why Keep why not run a few until they other stop things? It. Yes, and, and then the what happened? Go ahead. It's going to free up your stud, it, it, who who who's getting you twenty five or thirty. Like they they knew where he he was going to be, and and Hummel said it again. I'm just stealing his thunder. Uh, I just got a quick stop to just immediate post-ups because they know where Trace Jackson's Davis is going to be and they got to put him on the move. And Indiana's done that in the previous 5 games. It's yep. just like all of a sudden uh maybe it was the mix up of the 2-2-1 two, two, back to the zone on on uh makes. I think they were in zone on misses they went back to man. Yes. I think that was a pretty was good weird. strategy by Willard. And because it, it had Trace and had everyone thinking too much instead of just playing. Uh, and we didn't react to their strategy very well. Somebody, but that's asked me when about you've that. got to make some changes. You've got to yeah. make some changes and help. I've said it all along. In college, you got to have your thumb on it a little bit more than the pros. And yeah. this is this is the kryptonite of this program right now. When when the players are having outstanding performances, Jalen Hood Shafino, Trace Jackson Davis, we we aren't going to get beat. When they don't, we still want to win though, uh, and you can still win on nights nice when those guys aren't. Yes, and, and we found a little bit of that at Maryland, but I think Trace still had his astronomical day. I at thought Minnesota Trace even. was bad today. Or in Minnesota. I thought Trace was bad today. He got 18 and 20. I, I just thought he played poorly. It was one of his poorest performance. Yeah. Um, I, I but, yeah, mean- I, I think there's some late, late adjusting has to be analyzed by this coaching staff, and they have to understand that, and they have to get better at it because I've seen good stuff being run. It's just not uh, and, and it wasn't done today and the players weren't good today and I don't think the coaches were good
2: yeah and and one last thing somebody asked me about that like why is Maryland going to zone after makes it's well because they're pressing and it's easier just to go back into a zone off a of press than have to go find guys if you're using a zone shot clock yeah and that's why they're doing it, is to eat shot clock get you off your rhythm uh but yeah. the reason why they're going zone off that zone press
1: is because it's just right.
2: easier. And whereas you can't match up as easy go find your man. Yeah. Is, is tough after that scramble, but, but
1: Ryan, they also know Indiana hasn't been very good zone offense. They get stagnant.
2: Not they have not. I feel like Indiana either dominates a zone and the team has to get out of it or they're just, they're stagnant and stand around it. And you do notice, I mean, go back and watch the game to people who don't understand what we're talking about and just watch the wings stand still because they're told to do that because it's a straight post and Trace Jackson Davis needs to be able to locate them. So they have like three designated spots or four designated spots to go to and they stay there, wait for their man to double and then wait for a kick out. There's no movement to get them open. and, And here's the thing. Trace is a smart player. You could move those guys around and he'll find them, but they don't do that. And it's a very It's a very regimented thing, and they're supposed to be in very specific areas, and they don't leave. And when you're running a straight post-up offense, it gets really easy to guard, and you're basically relying on everybody to make a play. Where it should be, let's put you in position where you don't have to exert yourself to make that play. You just got to make the shot, or you just got to have this easy lane or whatever.
1: I know we want to go to a break, too, but Maryland did that. Like, how many long closeouts did Indiana have that they, bl- they would blow by? Cop was running out. Galloway was running night. out. Why? Because cause they were moving. And then the guys had to find those guys, and they had to have long closeouts. Well, the closeouts are simpler when you know where the offense is going to be. They're not as simple when guys are moving. And that led to some of the fouling and all that kind of stuff that happened today. I thought Maryland had a really good game plan uh, tonight, to be honest.
0: Yeah. You know, we've spent a lot of time talking about the offense, but the defense wasn't very good tonight either. I mean, again, you know, yeah. it really it felt like a game that Indiana should have lost by more than 11. They give up 1.138 uh, points per possession. You know, Maryland goes five of 22 from downtown missed a lot of good looks and had a lot of shots, a lot of shots that rimmed out, you know, and so it really kind of felt the whole second half, like, wow, we, we are really lucky to be in this, to have a chance Uh, you know, and sometimes those are the games that you have to be ready to go steal win ugly, like you said, manufacture some points at the end. Okay. It's been a bad 30 minutes, but there's 10 minutes left and you're still in this game. Go find a way to win it. And, you know, outside of a couple stretches there from trace where he made, you know, some individual plays, Indiana just really wasn't able to do that. And I thought they were pulled away late. I thought they were good in stretches, but,
2: but overall not. And, and let's be real. They put Maryland on the line 29 times. That's where the points came from. They were 25 of 29 from the line. But when you, your opponent shoots 34% from the field and 22 from three, you feel pretty good about the defense. Even if it's just them missing shots, you feel pretty good about it. Uh, but they, should, they hit, they had 25 free throws and Indiana only had what? 10 made, made only 10. So that's 15 points
0: right there. What was the final score? 11 points. I mean, that's where you lose the game. Yep. All right. Coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's loss to Maryland, we'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from this game. You are listening to the assembly call. Stick with us.
1: Hi, this is Jawan Morgan. What's the only thing better than getting
0: IU's first triple-double in 47 years? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared,
1: Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers.
0: Thank you, Jawan. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's disappointing 11-point loss to Maryland on Wednesday night, and it's the top of segment two, so you know what that means.
2: Meaningful moments that you might have known
0: Yes, it is time for tonight's Meaningful Moments You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Okay, Coach Ryan, I know that you guys have some meaningful moments. For my meaningful moment tonight, I want to give a shout-out to – Friend of the show, really, I mean, part of the family, Sean Amos, uh, husband of Kelly Amos, who had surgery today uh, to remove some cancerous cells. We got some good news on that. He's not out of the woods yet, but we are wishing him and Kathy the absolute best. We're thinking about them. Uh, Kathy, you know, who co hosts are Doing the Work show uh, with Jeff Marlowe, uh, they're going to be unable to uh, be at the meetup next week. Uh, you know, because of this, but, you know, just really, really happy that we got some good news and, you know, just praying and thinking and and sending them the warmest thoughts possible uh, that we continue uh, to get good news. So love you guys. And uh, and hope everything continues to go well as you uh, as you fight this. Um, All right, coach, looks like you have a couple of meaningful moments. Uh, Why don't you uh, lead us off if you're ready? You're muted. Muted.
1: There's just a couple things. Man, we're, we're, we're struggling tonight, whole, man. Everything associated <laughs> with Indiana is a struggle. Um, one was that we we continue to see uh, teams decide not to guard race and trace uh, at the elbow uh, back off. Uh, and the inability to hit that jump shot. Race can hit it, but he's hesitant now. I don't know if that's coming back off the injury. I know he took a couple threes. But you really need a four man to shoot. Uh, and, and I feel for race. I don't know that he's back to himself yet especially offensively but Mm -hmm. when you get that ball in the middle of the zone and no one comes up on you you got to hit that um and and then when trace would be in the middle of the zone and throw it down two times i think once to renew and once to uh race his man just totally left him to go block a shot uh and and they were doubling hard out of that zone uh because they didn't believe that he was going to shoot it they played off him was easier to get there and then they knew that the ball wasn't going to come back out uh, I, I thought that was interesting to see it again. Now going forward, with all when this gets on film, people are going to pick pieces of this that they like to go against Trace Jackson Davis because you got to figure out a way because he's been incredible. Um, and the second thing is that I thought there were a couple times when we finally attacked the press, we got some easy baskets. And and one of the ways you make teams who are going to eat shot clock or try to turn you over pressure stop pressing is by scoring against the press. Uh, And a lot of times we struggle, and it looks like we're hustling to get across the 10-second line so we don't get a 10-second violation. Earlier in the season, we were getting 10-second violations, and then we just set it back up and go to a middle ball screen or go, you know, uh, today it was zone offense. But uh, Renew took it one time and scored right at the rim. I I think at times we have to attack, uh, and, and I'm a big guy, I think, on pace. You know, it's okay to score early. Uh, it's okay to score early. It's okay to do a variety of things on offense and still get, you know, TJD, 25 touches, 30 touches, whatever you have to give them a a game. But we rely on that post-up and that middle ball screen, and when we break the press, we get right into those two actions a majority of the time. And the defense, you're basically allowing them to press you and then you have to play with the 16, 15-second shot clock instead of taking advantage of them being out of position by hitting the middle and attacking or putting a, an attack person in the middle. So I wonder if at some point they'll look to be a little more aggressive uh, breaking the press because they've had such a a, a tough time on the, on the back end and when they set up that maybe that's an adjustment that they'll make uh, down, down the line. Those are my uh, two meaningful yeah. moments uh, out of tonight, at, at least you know trying to look forward.
0: No, that's great stuff. A couple others that I wanted to mention. Uh, One on the positive side. I thought it was the best play for Indiana all night. It was at the 930 mark of the first half. Uh, It was just a great sequence. Um, uh, Tamar found Trey for an open three. Trey two for two. Continues to lead the Big Ten in three-point shooting at 51.7% now, uh, which is awesome. But then, So the next play down, you guys will remember this. Uh, Trey got a little rebound he wasn't able to grab it, but he tapped it to himself. And it was almost like a self outlet pass because he tapped it to himself. He gets it with momentum, uh, going the other way. So he's leading the break. He drives, you know, gets into the lane, drives and dishes to Malik who thought about taking the open three pointer, especially after making the one last time, but passed it up, drove in, you know, didn't kind of do the old Malik thing where he goes too fast and turned it over. was very composed, Uh, found uh, Caleb Banks cutting for an open two. it was really it was one of the best sequences of the night for Indiana. But I also want to go back a little bit, you know, earlier than that, because I actually thought the first eight minutes of the game, I thought Indiana did a pretty good job. You know, they were up 15 to 13. Anytime you can go into a tough road environment, you know, and have a lead, you're going to feel good about it. So they actually started the game out relatively well. But I thought there was a noticeable drop when the bench came in. I thought Malik and Tamar really struggled. Now, Maryland didn't make us pay because they missed a lot of shots. But Tamar had a really bad turnover. You know, Malik just – I mean, he struggled all night defensively, but especially in the beginning. He, you know, left Dante Scott wide open for a three. Those guys really struggled. And I think this is another kind of second-order effect – of Xavier Johnson being out, which means Trey Galloway has to start, which means Trey Galloway can't come give you a boost off the bench, which yeah. I think is Trey Galloway's best role. And Trey actually, yeah. you know, for a guy who has really struggled on the road, you know, he was OK tonight. The problem is he got in foul trouble, you know, and having well, four and- fouls, he could only play 22 minutes. Um, but Indiana is was it- actually OK in the minutes. You know, they were better with him on the court than they were without yes. him.
2: Uh, and and. Jared, just to my point earlier, you know, he was okay tonight. He was fine. There's no like huge nitpicks with his game, but you needed him to be really good, you know,
0: to, or you just needed him on the court for 30 plus minutes. But the problem is he hustles his way into fouls. Yeah, he really does. He just, he goes so hard and doesn't quite know he needs to slow up the step before. You know, and, also, and he just you, know,
2: you also need him in the lane making floaters or getting the ball, or distributing or whatever. You need to get more from him on offense too. I mean, those two threes—it's great that he hit both of them. And maybe run some to, more
0: stuff for him to get some shots. But I
2: I, w- I would agree with that. I think that you need to instead <laughs> of running straight post, maybe run him in the pick and roll some instead of instead of Jalen when Jalen's struggling, and maybe you know get it to him on a reversal and it'll let him attack the hoop. I I, I think that. There just weren't a lot of
0: opportunities for the guards in the lane because cool. everything
1: was so clogged. By
0: the it time was. they got in there, yeah. So Which is why you got to run things
2: to make some shots,
1: and you got to run things to open up the lane. Yeah. Um, it, it just it's, it's you know uh, when when you can dribble down and pull up and hit a three like you, we did against Ohio State, you don't need to clear the lane because all you got to do is shoot over it. But tonight you needed it, and, and we didn't get it. But uh, it was interesting to put Galloway uh, on the, their player. What young? I think Here, number yeah. one. Yep. Yeah, and he got in foul trouble, and I wonder if they did that because they didn't want Hood Shafino in foul trouble early. I thought Hood Shafino did a better job guarding him, but they really didn't put Hood Shafino on him late. That was probably a decision. Sometimes you make decisions and you wish maybe you hadn't because maybe if Hood Shafino started out on him, he doesn't get going. But I thought he had 12 points early and got Maryland feeling pretty good, even though Indiana did have, what, a seven-point lead at the nine-minute mark. Uh, but I thought his performance kept Maryland in that game at that point. So there's sometimes when you when you make a, a decision in the locker room of who's going to guard who, or in your scout, uh, I totally understand and really kind of agree with that because Galloway can guard, but man, he's real handsy, and that kid yeah. was really quick, mm-hmm. and 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 so now we have him off the floor. But uh, Jared, you're absolutely right. I put down a bad start for the two bench players. Um, defense and, game changed. Uh, yeah, the game changed. The score didn't uh, change. Maybe but not. The game a, changed. It did. It's like the, it felt yes, like so momentum That's shift a great game, point. The flow of the game was much
2: different with those yeah. guys they,
1: in there. T- Tamar's struggling on switching. It always seems like when there's a, a, a not a not pure talking. switch or a good switch. Yes, it's, it's that he it's he and cop or he and renew. Somehow always he's always involved.
2: Behind. There's somebody She's, always a step behind on those switches. Yeah. No, and the, the other thing was, I thought, again, right off the bat, I thought race was pretty good defensively. Then he had to go sit down. And if you know what an injury is like to your knee or any joint, when you sit down, gets a little cold, it's going to take you a little bit of time to get back into it. I didn't think he was the same after that. I thought that he started the second half well because he had the extended time to warm up, started the second half, made a couple buckets, was more involved, and then again, sits down, comes back, it's not there. And, and so I I think that that was vital is that when he came off the floor and again, they're thin there with no Galloway, I mean, Geronimo would have helped tonight too, or or no Geronimo. I mean, not Galloway and then dunk you know, isn't suited up either. And, and you know, you could use him for some minutes in there. I mean, just for his size and, and rebounding ability, but you know, I like, they're just thin, and so they're going to have so – people are wondering, like, why is Ray Thompson
0: in this game? Well, what are the other options? What else
2: are you going to do? You
0: know? yeah. What are you going to do? Renew.
2: <laughs> renew Caleb Banks isn't 13.
0: ready for big minutes in a game well, like that. Well, Caleb
2: Banks isn't that big. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, a, he's a
1: freshman. Yeah. He's, he, not he to play to the post. Bigger.
2: No, yeah. But, I mean, Caleb but Banks here's... has
0: a lot of talent. He's going to be really
2: good, but he's not, he's not ready right now yeah. to bang with Big Ten big guys in the paint. You know, so um, I thought he was you can okay. get away with a I, I thought minutes. defensively you can get away he struggled. A, yeah, you can get away with a few minutes with him in there, but yeah. it's not going to be right. He's not going to be able to run for 25 minutes.
1: But here, here's the darndest thing, too, in coaching. And I feel for Coach Woodson, like he's trying to get TJD some rest at some point because you can't run him out 40 minutes for the can't next 14 games. And Indiana Especially struggled. I mean, up. yeah he came out uh, at the back end of that first half and the game had changed because the bench had struggled and then it was his time to come out. And that's when all of a sudden it got to be a tight game. And then he came back in and once, once that was loose, then, you know, you end up down six or seven at halftime and you're just, you kick yourself sometimes as a coach, because you want your best players to play, but you also need them to be rested at, at key moments and that came back to bite uh, – that, that wasn't a bad decision. That was a good decision that turned out to not work out. Uh, and, and you have that in, in sports a lot of times. You make a very, you know, calculated, decent decision, and a guy gives up a three-run home run. You bring in, you know, the right reliever uh, for the moment, but he gives up, you know, he floats a pitch or something. But it happens in basketball too. You, you had to get him rest, but at that time that was a big momentum shift. That's not blaming the coach. That's just a, a decision that didn't work out. Yeah, and, and he was forced into a lot of
2: those decisions. To be fair, to yeah. Mike Woodson. I mean, yeah. it, it was yeah. you know a lot of guys were infallible in the first half, and you know you're forced in to make certain lineup decisions, and then you in the second half, a lot of your first half lineup decisions affect how you play the second half and how you roll with guys. So, I mean, he was he's in a, with with all these injuries. He's in a bad situation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, to be fair to the coaching staff, there are serious injury issues on this team, and there have been for a couple weeks. And they're doing the best they can to manage that part of it. I do think they need to deploy their resources in a more efficient manner. That said, this ain't ideal, and this isn't what you were expecting at the beginning of the year. When Miller Cop was down, I was like, "Oh God!" And that luckily he just yeah. got hit in the eye. But I was thinking, like, if Cop goes
0: down, like, where? Who do you even replace him with? Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. Good lord. Um, all right, let's go inside the numbers, talk about the key stats for this game. You know, Ryan, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, it just jumps off the page. Maryland makes 25 free throws. Indiana takes 12. This is the kind of stuff that you used to see Indiana do back in the Bob Knight days, you know, where it's like, hey, we're gonna make more free throws than our opponents attempt. It's, you know, I mean, it's one of the best formulas for winning basketball games, but you know, I, th- I think there's a larger issue here that that stat really points to. I mean, this is this is a feature, not a bug. Indiana's committing tons of fouls. We are dead last in the conference and free throw rate. It's part of how we defend because we want to be aggressive and pressure the ball. You know, but we've also got guys like Malik and guys like Trey that you know, I mean, they just they they really the struggle Indiana. to play without fouling. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'm also this. I'm also all I'm gonna say you know about the officiating um is you know, it does it feels to me like Indiana ends up on the wrong side of benefit of the doubt calls more than our opponents do. And I've heard enough uh what's the best way to put this? Enough chatter from people who have heard Woody working officials to really wonder if there's some issues there with him and Big Ten officials, which I think sometimes there can be with NBA coaches who maybe take a bit of an arrogant big timing Uh, uh, persona with officials and maybe it's you know uh, correlation that isn't exactly causation I don't know but it's starting to add up to me a little bit with some of the things that we're seeing so I think it's something to watch as we go down the stretch
2: Jared there are people very close to the team who feel the same way and, I know I've talked and, to them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just making sure that we were, this wasn't just, uh, this is floating out in the ether. These are direct quotes from people involved with the team that Woody needs to change his approach with officials. Um, I will say this. I think you're exactly right. on benefit for the doubt calls. I think Indiana gets called for a lot of anticipation calls and our reputation
0: Definitely. is going to work against us because we're
2: now That's the foul what I was, team. That, that was where I was going next is that yeah. the reputation precedes Indiana before games. So you can't point to official and official and say, Hey, You called us for nine. You've called them for four halfway through the first half, even it up. And they, well, you guys foul more. So, you know, and and that again, it's like the thing everybody's talking about with Purdue right now. Everybody in the Big Ten is talking about this. Every head coach is complaining about it. Purdue never gets called for fouls. Never. Zach Eadie never gets called for fouls, and they have a lot of fouls committed against them. And uh, they're saying, well, it's a reputational thing. We've seen it with Wisconsin at the Kohl Center for years. Wisconsin doesn't runs a system and doesn't commit fouls. That's impossible. I mean, it just is. Now, again, some teams commit more fouls. And it is true. Indiana plays an aggressive defense that is more handsy. But that doesn't mean the offense doesn't create foul opportunities. Trace Jackson Davis gets fouled as much as anybody in college basketball. And he doesn't get calls. He just doesn't. Tonight, he was getting slapped and smacked around all night long in the post when he would get it in the post and turn to be aggressive. Coach, I know what you're going to say. When he would turn to be aggressive, he was getting bumped, he was getting slapped and he was getting hit. He shot five free throws. That's not okay. I mean, it's just not the guy's guy's a national player of the year and first, you know, first team All-America candidate who's playing out of his mind. He has earned the right to get those calls and he's not getting I, them. And, he, and and there have been yeah. other games. He hasn't got them as well. And so I'm just, let me just finish on this. And and so it is unfair to Indiana. Now, I don't think the officiating changed this game. Indiana did not play well enough to win and it didn't affect it. But there is going to be a game coming up where it does, because this is a reputational thing, as Jared pointed out. And it's going to sink this team in a game. And it's not fair, but. I don't know if it's the way they're working the officials or what, but something has to change because it's going to cost Indiana a game. Now you notice to start the second half, Maryland was called for six fouls in the first six minutes. They were called for one, the rest of the, or, the, or the, the, for like the next seven. So they got the calls they wanted early in the first half and then it went away. And I mean, I, that that makes no sense because the game didn't change that dramatically the way it was being played. So um, you're right, Jared. They don't get there's, the benefit of the doubt. and But to be but clear, the, there's two part things of that is on
0: us. You know? It is. It's Some not, of yeah. it is. Fully...
2: Some of it is. No, yeah. I mean, look, I have never thought that Malik didn't foul somebody when he's been yeah. called for foul. There right. may be one or two times that where you're like, man, eh, that was borderline. Tamar Bates uses his hands way too much on defense. Trey Galloway uses his hands way too much on defense. Like, that stuff's real but you also have to call the shit on the other end when the other team does the same thing, and I don't think Indiana gets a lot of those calls.
1: There's two things. I think the game's officiated. If I had a criticism of officials, I think they're more tight on perimeter play and they're very loose on post play. Yes. Mm -hmm. So so when our perimeters are hand-checking, which they did, and Renew's going for shot fakes at the elbow and landing on a guy, those are going to be called where the banging and the physicality in the post – uh, take it away from Indiana. Go watch another college game. It's like some of these post players just get beaten up without calls. It's like they expect it. I think that's where the expectation is. Big players can handle it. Uh, they're not getting filed. They can go up and and one if they score. I'm not going to call a foul. But if you just put your hands on a hip of a perimeter, you're going to get called for a foul. And, and well, then that's why Indiana gets more foul calls because we are very handsy on the perimeter when other teams are not handsy on the perimeter. That's That's the way the college game, I think, is – is called, and I have a problem with that. Um, But the other thing is, when you move and drive, uh, it makes the defense put your hands on. When you stand still, you don't get as much. The reason Bob Knight's team shot more free throws attempts than teams or made more free throws than that because they had ran motion, motion, Offense, and it was hard to guard and hard to find people, and and you had to bump into people and run through screens and do other things. Indiana offensively has one spot where they're going to get calls, and that's in the low post. And Big Ten officials don't call that very much. That's why we get beat when we go into the tournament because we're so used to that, you know, the physicalness, and then all of a sudden now we're fouling. A lot yeah. uh, down down there. So the problem I think the I officials is need to call it more fairly in the post in agree. general in college basketball. It's not. Less, you know what it is less on the perimeter. You know what it is in the post.
2: It's not necessarily that they don't make this call. They do make that. It's it's not equitable. Like it's a like like yeah. something that is a foul one day is not a foul the next. Sometimes that's a foul at one point in the game. Isn't a foul later in the game, you know, I mean, so it's, there's no consistency in the post on the perimeter. It's usually with the flow of the game, you know, you, again, you, you're right. They call it more on guards. It's more noticeable when a guard drives and get, gets bumped too. It usually flails right. a little bit. It's easy to yep. call. So Flies I, I just, into the front row. Yeah. My, my problem is that in the post, it's not consistent and you know, oh, like I agree. I,
1: yeah. And that's the big problem I have. And we need it to be. With with our emphasis of low post play. And that's where the discrepancy comes and it feels like we're getting cheated, but it's just really more of a the officiating is not uh you know, I get tired of those hand checks out there that don't influence the game at all, that don't redirect the drive, and now it's a foul and you're in closer to the bonus, you know. Um but we could go on and on for You know, it is that. weird that, you know, Trace is having by far
0: his best season, and this is also by far the lowest free throw rate of his career. It's odd. Yeah, I mean, it's almost lot. 13 percentage points less. Um, so, you know, look, there's still obviously time for that to turn around. The thing about a college basketball season is even a full college basketball season is still a pretty small sample size when it comes to some of these yeah. stats. But you do tend to see consistencies. Trace as a freshman. His free throw rate was 59.8%. That's the ratio of free throws to field goal attempts. Uh, as a sophomore, 64.7%. Last year, 52.1%. So it dropped some. And this year it's 436 so know, it's, just, it's something it's something to watch. And it, it's I don't you know, we don't bring this up to say like, oh, you know, the refs are costing Indiana, this, that and the other. I think there's a whole lot of things mixed around here that are causing this. And probably more of them are just part of the way Indiana wants to play and the way Indiana is conducting themselves in certain situations um, but, as much as well, it is the officials.
1: Let me address this, though. No one gets on the officials more than Izzo, Right. Uh so, yeah, but Izzo so has relationships. It, it, I, I think it's
0: about it's about relationships and respect. Okay, well, more more than just And it's yeah, it's okay, also
2: yes. the way I'll it's, buy it's that. Also, it's also the way you talk
0: to them. If, if, if you're questioning and saying, like how what
2: did he do? As opposed to that's terrible, like you're not good enough to be here. Like, you know, it, there are ways you talk to guys that you know, because it's working them. I mean, there are times Izzo will get a technical on purpose, then bring the guy over and talk to him civilly and say, This is why I'm upset. The guy says, Okay. And then they walk away and then he usually gets like six straight calls. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's, it's it's a dance with the officials and you can't just bludgeon them.
0: You have to work them. I mean it's Yeah, and I don't I don't follow the NBA closely enough, but it's maybe it's just one of those adjustments he needs to make that the way that you work an NBA official yes. is different from college and it I'm just sure that's for whatever it. reason it doesn't seem like that's translated. You know, but guys like Painter and Izzo and the guys who have been around for a while, they have long term relationships with some of these they guys. They kinda these know guys. what works. Yep. So They bring it is what it is. That's the benefit. I mean, that's the benefit of having a long-standing program with a coach who's been around for a while. I'm not taking it it away from them. I just think it's a real thing that matters. But
2: no, I mean, it's a little things like when they run scrimmages, they bring in these officials, they bring them to town and they get to know them and they hang out. I mean, it's it's you know, you're right. It's a long term relationship building and it takes time and that's fine. And, you know, that's part of the thing about bringing in a guy who hasn't been in college you know is he has to adjust all this
0: stuff we've talked about that endlessly and it's it's part of the deal what other numbers <laughs> this was supposed to be the number segment and we went off on some tangents um, uh
2: I'll just talk I'll, I'll talk trace no assists,
0: which we knew coming in you know look Maryland does not allow you to get assists they force you into long yep. possessions and iso ball and that is why it was so important that Jalen was gonna have to score tonight I mean if you told me Jalen was gonna have under 10 points I would have told you we lose and we did you know we essentially lost by the margin the difference between his scoring average and what he actually put out tonight you know because we didn't do enough things to create offense and he just wasn't able to make shots so kind of knew that was going to happen coming in coach and it did only 11 assists for indiana on 56 shot attempts not good Um,
2: enough no trace 18 and 20 like you could say i know coach you said it just wasn't one of his better games i i I agree, but I think he was sort of having to chase the game a lot, especially on defense to to try and make something happen and make up, you know, plug a lot of, of gaps. I didn't think it was his best game, but I mean, the guy works incredibly hard and he was working incredibly hard. He was still over 50 percent from the field. He only took 13 shots, you know, in a night that he probably should have been taking 20 because they weren't getting anything offensively. But, you know, the double teams were coming constantly and he was trying his best. He only turned it over twice despite all of that um and in a game where his point guarders was really struggling to create looks for him uh i i just i don't know how you can complain about trace tonight uh it, you know i even though it wasn't one of his better games i mean he he did hard work on the boards he got 15 defensive rebounds uh was really the only guy who excelled over the top and, and indiana out rebounded maryland by i think seven i think it was 40 to 33 um that's you know Again, a lot of these stats you look at and you're like, that's a good performance on the road. And then you look at the rest of the numbers and you're like, that is why they lost, you know? And, and, but on the defensive side, they trace did everything he could. I thought, I thought he worked really hard. And, and I thought that they just put too much on him tonight. You know, they were going to double him. they were going to get extremely difficult for him in the post. And it was on some other guys to step up and they just didn't. And also if those guys step up, he probably winds up with more points.
1: Yeah, I, I I never questioned uh, Trace Jackson Davis' effort. I thought he played hard. I just thought he played bad. Uh, but that's how good he is that he was 18 and 20, and I just thought it was one of his worst performance in the last uh, 10 games. Um, and he still got 18 and 20. Uh, I thought, you know, a couple airball hook shots. I think he settled for those. I don't think he was aggressive trying to get to the foul line. I think he got frustrated with the strength of the double on the bounce. Um and I th- I didn't think he guarded extremely well. He gave up some rebounds. I, I know he got twenty, uh, but I, there were some. There was a couple key plays where I thought he 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 wasn't there. And yeah. he's got the responsibility for production. Unfortunately, he needs to go for about twenty eight and twenty eight uh, for us to win. And when he doesn't, it, it it really hurts. Especially when your guards don't don't pick up the slack. And and that's unfair. Uh, but it's also part of the success right uh that that he's had so hold that thought because we're getting ready to do game balls and so we'll talk more about
0: trace in the game is it about trace
2: no no it's not about it's about just indiana and and the postage i was shocked maryland only had 10 offensive rebounds absolutely shocked it felt like they had way more and had a lot of those were consequential uh and kept positions going and they wound up scoring off of them um, but Indiana had 12 offensive rebounds and that shocked the hell out of me that they had more. I know a couple of those were tips and those get counted as a full rebound, but uh, still I, I, that was crazy. 15 second chance points for Maryland on 10 offensive rebounds though. Uh, that's, that's a really high uh, number. And then the other one that stood out to me is points in the pain. Indiana had 28, Maryland had 26, Indiana has to win that by a considerable, by a huge margin yeah. especially when you're not taking threes when your offense
0: just is not getting you three-point looks yep okay well coming up here on the assembly call we will hand out our game balls and who's your hustle award and discuss a lingering question or two and look ahead to that game that is coming up on saturday that is all next here on the assembly call stick with us
1: Nick loft I never miss an Open
2: 3, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call.
0: Thank you, Nick. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. You can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, no matter how late they start. Plus, every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com, and make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm Jared Morris here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni and Ryan Phillips. Guys, we're going to see each other this weekend. We're all going to be Dope. in Bloomington hanging out. We're going to have dinner Friday night. We're going to be at the game Saturday. We'll be hanging out uh, Saturday night. If you're in town after the game, we'll be meeting up at Switchyard and then going uh, from there. We can't do a live post game show uh this year but we are going to be there we want to see as many of you as possible so uh, watch the twitter account if you're in the community we'll post details there for where we will be but we want to see probably as many bar of you hopping, as we can probably yes. be bar hopping
2: friday night as well just come find yes. us likely yep. upstairs at nicks we'll post I, where we are i've already you
1: know. called and uh given him phil samuels address and yep. and that'll right. be picking up the tabs so thank phil, you phil if you're if you're listening <laughs> thank it, you we appreciate it
0: All right, uh, gentlemen, time for the Game Balls, presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com, and when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all of their testing services. That is 23 in honor of TJD, and you know, look, this is another game. You kind of look up and down the box score. It's pretty obvious. (laughs) Who gets the game ball? Because, I mean, you know, there was one guy that did most of the scoring, that did most of the rebounding. Uh, And even in a game where he didn't play his best, this is kind of the level that we've reached with Trace now. And honestly, it's what we asked for him for several seasons, which is even when things are going bad, you've got to stick with the game and stay with it. And again, I feel like this is a game he would have struggled in the past. A lot of things were not going his way, but he stuck with it from a rebounding perspective. You know, yes, he struggled defensively. He struggled in some different ways. And, you know, one thing that I was thinking, especially as the second half went along, Coach, and I'm curious your thoughts on this because, you know, to a certain extent, obviously, we all think Indiana needed to find ways to get more three pointers. There's no question. You know, that just wasn't happening and it needed to. It's a strength for this team. And we just didn't, you know, we don't utilize it enough. But given the way that the game was going, you know, Trace takes 13 shots. And I know he was being doubled and some of the situations were tough. I kind of of felt like he Well, and I honestly, I felt like he should have forced the issue more. I thought there were a few times. And look, he's he's a really good passer and his passing has been a strength. But I felt like he overpassed a few times when he's in the post and had an angle. And yes, you know, race is there for a dump off, but race isn't ready to finish right now. And yeah, Malik is right there. But, you know, and Malik's a good player. But if you've got a jump hook or it's a pass to Malik at a weird angle, I'd rather you take that. And so I just, you know, Trace can be such a good finisher and the passing is better. You know, I don't want him to fall too in love with passing and trying to make the nifty pass that he goes away from what makes him great, what makes him even better. So it's a very small nitpick, but I did think there were three or four possessions where he tried to get cute or make a pass. And I would have rather just seen him go up for the shot um you know now other games those passes have worked out and it looks a lot better but I just thought the way that this game was going um you know he had to score points just is what it is um you know because no one else was going to step up and so yeah just something to watch I I think you're
1: spot on uh I think he tries to get too cute with his passings you know he had that real nice backdoor play to Galloway at Ohio State he can pass um, and he knows he can pass, and he's need he needs to pass out of double teams and, and people run at him. So, but there are times when he gets a little loose, and the ball gets tipped, or 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 it's a bad catch on that side, or like you say, people are getting the ball that aren't finishing right now, and he needs to be more aggressive with that responsibility for scoring, uh, and and that's part of what the reason why I thought it wasn't necessarily his his best game, but to his uh, defense. That's where the coaching staff needs to come up and get some help. Uh, get these other players to do some other things. That's where his teammates got to go one for can't go one for fourteen because he's getting it. there is nothing harder than pl- playing out of a double team and especially the way Maryland double teamed him that he didn't have a chance to do a retreat dribble and find someone when he put the ball on they jumped to it at one side and they came from the backside and he had no I mean his back was to people and and it was just real tough and sometimes it gets to you mentally like you just when you have no space to operate it's just really tough and he has been dominant like he's been catching Illinois just catching ripping and going he had he knew that as soon as he bounced the double was coming so he was a little hesitant their defense got into his mind a little bit and he had he's still scoring 18 and sometimes you then take that pass instead of trying to go through that uh, Purdue is going to double him hard with two big guys six ten and 7-4 so we 're going to see a lot of that, and that's where the coaching staff has to be creative to help him um because it's not easy to pass out of hard doubles that 's why people do it
2: yeah Indians I
1: feel a little bit better experience. about that at home though, where our guys
0: do make shots and seem to seem to get right, and take more right. shots at home right. One question for you guys, you know one of the things that it seemed like we had been doing a lot recently um and you know and this kind of goes to the point that you made about what Robbie Hummel was saying, getting him the ball on the move. it also seemed like we went away from. You know, we've been getting him the ball, kind of uh, in the corners uh, or close to the corners, facing up, and letting him kind of dribble and do some work that way. And it didn't really seem like we did that. A lot of it was go to the post and try and make the post entry tonight. And so some of those things that kind of feel like they've been working, it seemed like we went away from. It. Was there a reason that we did that? Because of the way that Maryland was playing, and I know part of that is the zone. So you know, that's an issue, and that's not going to be
1: quite as much there. But- I would guess it was how they were where they were allowing him to catch. When you're catching it out on the wing, teams are pushing him off the block as part of the strategy and then he's catching and doing a sick month facing up. I, I imagine Maryland was allowing him to catch it a little bit off the block or a little bit closer and then sending that hard double as soon as he bounced it or went to that power spin, they're gonna run at him. That was their strategy tonight. I would bet without uh, remembering that it was um that that's more of of we're taking advantage of at Illinois, them pushing him off the block. And then playing one on one and Trace is I think Trace is better facing the basket and getting it downhill than he is with his back to the basket anyway. Um but yes, yeah. we, we we rely on that instant back to the back post and everyone stand or one dive and everyone's space. Um and people are taking advantage of it now in this league because, you know, they get it on film and they, they come up with a way to stop. Uh
0: anything else on Trace, Ryan?
2: I mean, I feel bad for him tonight. I don't think he
1: got yeah, any
0: help. You know, right? it's, yeah.
2: it's, you know, because this is a game, again, when they're doubling you like that, there are games where you're going to get 15 and 15 or right. something like that. And and that's your ceiling. And and you got 18 tonight. And, but especially when you're not getting foul calls. And that's you're gonna fair. Free, you're not going to get to the free throw line. That's your ceiling. Uh, the key is for the, again, we've said it. I mean, we've, we beat the the dead horse on this, but other guys need to step up. And really there was nobody else who did race was the only other guy in double figures. And he had a couple buckets and got to the free throw line a little, I mean, you know, you need somebody else to to be willing to step up. And that's what Xavier Johnson did at the end of last year. And you're, you're really missing him. I mean, you are, because this is a game, a veteran who can guard, who can make his own offense, who can get the offense going all that allowed Jalen to maybe take a back seat. Um, doesn't have the upside of of JHS, but you know is more solid and consistent. You're missing him. You're really missing him. And and the the, the thing that that's that's a real bummer is we don't know if it's going to be like race when he comes back and he's going to need know. a couple weeks to get back. So you know don't expect Xavier Johnson to just show up and be the savior. I mean he's going to need some time. And um, anytime it's a leg injury for a basketball player, it's going to take time. So 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 you know,
1: Ryan, what they did with race is they put him in the dunker spot. And they yep. gave, they had a little bit of elbow catches there. But the problem with that is you got the lane clogged up, even for TJD to take yep. it from the elbow and drive. And then the guards are diving in. Um, it was just a tough, it was a, a tough struggle offensively with everything that was decided what we were doing didn't work out the way it, it had been working out for five games. That doesn't mean that it won't uh, the next game or the next two games or whatever. But um, yeah, some other things needed to be done and it just wasn't, It just wasn't in the cards tonight. All right, let's talk hustle. Hustle
0: Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Thank you, Anthony. All right, let's talk hustle. Um, you know, look, I think Trey Galloway is always a candidate for hustle because he's always hustling, sometimes to his detriment as we mentioned. There's a couple of guys I want to mention, actually a couple moments that I want to pull out that we didn't mention in in meaningful moments. Uh, one is, you know, toward the end of the first half, you know, Race had a couple of just really bad possessions offensively. You know, he got a really nice pass down low yeah. from Trace. And had no lift going up and got blocked. Then he turned it over on a wild pass, uh, you know, to Jalen. It was just really struggling. But a couple possessions later, you know, Galloway threw that ridiculous pass to Cop in the corner that almost sailed over his head. That cop somehow caught. Well, he didn't even catch it. He basically like saved it into an outlet pass. It was like a perfect outlet pass to Jameer Young, who's going down. And Race Thompson came out of nowhere for an incredible block yeah. shot. Um, and it was, you know, it was impressive because he'd been struggling offensively, you know, and kind of showed a little bit of burst that we hadn't really seen. And I thought race for all of his struggles. It's not for lack of effort. It's not for lack of playing hard. You can just tell, you know, he well, doesn't have his lift. He doesn't have. I mean, Dante Scott just you know, completely turned him around, you know, and so he's struggling. And I also want to give some credit uh, to Miller Copp, who I thought at the start of the second half really helped Indiana build some momentum. Um, you know, it was weird. Indiana went on like an eight, two run. It didn't feel like they played well. Like race got a couple yeah. of putbacks on trace Jackson Davis air balls. But I thought two of the key plays were on the first possession cop, you know, hustled down a loose ball to save a possession. And then a couple possessions later, he forced Hart into a travel by just playing really good, just bodying him up, playing really good defense. Um, you know, and so just, you know, a couple of plays from those guys that, you know, I know it wasn't impressive and you needed more from them. Um, but I thought those guys brought it. So I don't know. I, I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna give it to Trey by default um, because I thought there was hustle all night, and I kind of wish there was more of it uh, from him, you know. And I thought he was solid when he was out there, and Indiana was actually a plus one when he was on the court. So I'm gonna give it to Trey for mine. But I at least wanted to recognize a couple of really good individual plays uh, that Race and Miller had.
1: Over to Coach. <laughs>
2: You have to lead us. Come on.
1: <laughs> man, I, 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 will, I, I wasn't ready to give a uh, game ball or a hustle award. And, as, and I don't think guys played. I'm not saying that they didn't play hard. This Everyone played bad. A, a, and they didn't make outstanding plays tonight. Uh, and, and you'll have that. Um, we've just been fortunate to have a five-game winning streak where they did all of that. Uh, and maybe water found its level a little bit tonight. But, man, it's hard um to find someone who really stood out more than one play uh for for the hustle award uh I just thought they were you know Indiana got punched at that nine minute mark Trey Galloway you can always
0: default to
2: Trey Galloway no I'm I'm going same I I think that Trey's hustle would have been noticed more if he if he wasn't with four fouls and sitting on the bench for a long stretch I thought that he did a real good job chasing his man I thought that um Again, as you said, he was plus one. You know, they were better with him on the floor. I thought he did a good job in the press break. Uh, he wasn't the one bringing it across that often, but he spaced the floor, got it open for for Jalen to break it. Um, and you know, I feel I felt like he was one of the few guys actually trying to move on offense. And I thought defensively, he chased his man well and and you know mixed it up a lot. Uh, did have two, uh, did have an offensive rebound, grabbed three total, uh, had a couple assists. Um, and only one turnover, which Indiana turned the ball over too much. I know they only had 12, but it felt like they, you know, they wasted a lot of possessions with turnovers. So I I got Trey too. I I thought he played a decent game and I thought that, you know, the effort was certainly there from him. I agree with your comments about race and, and Miller as well, Jared. I thought that, you know, it's again, not a lack of, it's never a lack of effort with those guys.
0: Yeah. You know and and Trey really is a guy who has struggled on the road, and he's been better. You know, this is, I think, now the fourth straight road game. He's had more assists than turnovers. You know, he's kind of doing less of the just drive into the lane with nothing to do. Um, you know, he's a guy who really, his development has been one of the, the, the best stories of this season for Indiana. You know, he's obviously, he's not going to be a, a star. I mean, he's a role player, but he's a guy that, for the most part, has really excelled in his role. And, you know, him developing into the shooter that he is, 51.7% in big 10 play that is number one in the conference, you know, number two in the conference in effective field goal percentage, you know, it's a decent enough sample size that, you know, something in there is legitimate. So let's use that and hopefully get the, you know, get him more shots. And he certainly profiles as a guy who's going to be ready to step up on Saturday, uh, for Purdue. And let's look ahead to Purdue, which is coming Saturday. Um, you know, and obviously I think the, you know, the big lingering question coming out of this one coach is, you know, number one health, you know, is Jordan Geronimo healthy enough to play? Because I think he's a guy who can be, uh, you know, really helpful in that game. I think that's if you look at the advantage that Indiana can have against Purdue, uh, it should be athleticism. You know, Zach Eady is a dominant force and a very, very skilled player who is not just good because he's tall. He's good because he's a good basketball player. Um, but Trace Jackson Davis has an athleticism advantage. Jordan Geronimo. Now I, I'm going to talk about this. I was actually, I got in this discussion, you know, with, with my wife and some other people. It's like, well, yeah, of course he's good. Cause he's seven, four. It's like, yes, he is seven, four, but he's also a good player. Um, he's skilled hey, and does, does a lot of good things. Well, um, I mean, it, he is, and it's going to be a big challenge for Indiana, but I guess the lingering question is who's healthy and. You know, I think we can feel pretty confident this team is going to show up with the right mindset at home. Um, But, you know, as you look at it, Coach, what are some of the strategic, you know, things that you think Indiana can do to put themselves in position against a team that is proving it's not going to beat itself? You know, you're going to have to go beat them, and only one team has done it so far this year.
1: Yeah, if you're in the community, uh, I asked a few coaches uh, a few things about how to play Purdue. That video will be out at some point tomorrow um that was some very interesting discussions about guarding Zach Eady uh, was our emphasis for about 15 minutes 20 minutes quick conversation so look forward to that but there's two things one how are you going to guard you gotta you gotta figure out if you're going to double and who you're going to double off or are you just going to let him get points and try to trade twos for threes or your twos for their twos and outscore them Uh, I think the next question is are you going to try to increase the pace I think you got to pressure their guards in the half court and you got to pressure their guards, maybe some full court, take some time off the clock so they can't run their great sets to get shooters and Edie open and maybe push them three or four feet off their mark to where post feeds are a little more uh, difficult. Um, and, and then I, I think you got to score early offense. I, I don't think you can get in a slowdown game with Purdue. I, I think you might have to score 85, 80, 85 points and get out and run and force Edie to run up and down the floor and beat him down the floor. And if that's Trace, Jack, and Davis getting a rebound, go out and go and drive. And as they suck in, you find Miller Cop shoot early and try to get an advantage at the three-point line. Uh, but um, – those are just some interesting things, and you're going to you're gonna have to have everyone play uh, really good basketball to beat a number one team.
0: Uh, that's I mean, we Purdue need the Jalen from not, the North
1: Carolina right. and Ohio State games. He, yeah, and he, can't, someone... he has to win the individual matchup with Braden Smith.
2: And you, you, know? need, yes. you need Tamar Bates to come off the bench and hit some threes. You need Miller Kopp to hit some threes. You need Trey Galloway to make some plays in the paint. Yeah, I mean, you need everybody clicking. Purdue's yeah. a really, I hate to say this. I actually think that Purdue last year didn't play as well, but was a better team. They were far more skilled last year than they
0: are this year. They were more I think talented. Year, they're not a better team than this year's. Well, team.
2: Some, well no, I mean, I mean, talent wise. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. They were a, it was a better group of players. They just didn't play to their top ability. This team, I think is at its absolute ceiling. I don't see this team getting any better now. They're great, but I, you know, I think other teams are going to wind up surpassing them because they're going, this team is playing like a well-oiled machine at the absolute top of its ability. Uh, to beat a team like that, like the individual matchups other than Edie, I don't think are horrible for Indiana. No. Okay, I, no. It, You know, it's not like last year where it's, well, Jade Ivey Ivy could go for 30 if you guard him well. You know, it's that doesn't right. exist here other than Edie. And so, but because they are playing so well and playing so well as a team, you're going to need some guys to play better than they usually do to win the game. And, you know, you're going to have that crowd advantage. It's still an important game, even with the loss to Maryland, it's still an incredibly important game in the big 10 for seating purposes. And all of that, you're still going to be ranked when you, I mean, you know, cause the, the rankings aren't going to come out again. Uh, it, so it's still a matchup between ranked teams. It's one of the, you know, you got two guys who are battling for Big Ten player of the year, essentially. It's 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 one of the biggest Purdue Indiana games in a long, long time. They're all big, but it's the it's the biggest in a long, long time. And it means and we played them well last year. We did. Yes, we did. And and I'll say really this, well. It's probably, you know, I mean, I think this game is way more important to Indiana than it is to Purdue. A hundred percent. And so Indiana at home is gonna have that advantage. And I'm just checking. Can we get Michael Durr back just for one game? Is that possible? <laughs> Five fouls and one <laughs> yeah. game. Five fouls, uh, a couple blocks on ED like last year, maybe a pull up, maybe a step out jumper. Mike, call me. We'll see what we can do, buddy. I mean, can we just hey, pump well, Logan people, Duncan people with walk, some vitamin C people, so he people, can get yeah. out there with some yeah, People, people walk in. He walks in. It's like Logan Duncan looks different.
1: It's, yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever difference. you do, don't follow. Don't follow Delphi Brackets because it's a Purdue fanboy run by a Purdue fanboy. Uh Uh, We know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so don't. The thing thing about this Purdue team,
0: you know, Ryan, is they defend a lot better this year. Yes. Um, As good as Jaden Ivey was putting up 30, he would give it up on the other end, you know, and not having to juggle Travion Williams and Zach Eady and just play the one who's more efficient. It's helped them. You know, and I think their other guys have stepped, you know, have accepted their roles and that's what makes them a good team right now. I agree. You know, I think that's what I mean. I think if you have teams with athletes playing confidently and playing smart, you can take advantage of them. But the thing, coach, is last year X played really well against Purdue in both games and not having him, you know, that I mean, look, Jalen Hucherovino has to be really good in that game. Yep. it just is and he's been better at home and so i think there's a lot of reasons to have confidence in him um and i have confidence in this game cuz i well, agree with you i think <laughs> it's more important for us and we're at home and i think we're you know we're ready for this challenge um you know despite what we saw tonight
1: we 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 got to really make sure all of us don't just uh, get too high on a win and too low on, on a loss. We played bad at Minnesota, got a win, came back, played really well against Ohio State. Yep. Hood Shafina went off for 22 points. Uh, we were dominant on the road uh, against the Illinois team when no one expected uh, Indiana to beat uh, Illinois. Trace Jackson Davis was out of this world. Uh, in, in a 20-game schedule, in, in a tough conference, you're going to take on losses. Uh, Kansas is the number one seed. They lost three in a row. Come back and go on the road, beat Kentucky, come home and beat Kansas State. Uh, The season's ebb and flow, and, and, you know, in this era of instant information, it's everything is great when we win, and everything is absolutely sucks when we we lose. This was just a bad performance, Um, and and Indiana's still in the 5-6 seed range. This loss isn't going to drop them because it was a tournament team. It was a quad one loss. Um, there's, There's no jeopardy of not making the tournament now. Now you lose six in a row maybe, but we're not there. Uh, so the lingering question is: What adjustments does the coaching staff make? What adjustments do the players make to play better under tough situations in order to prevent a uh, you know two game losing streak and upset the number one team? Go back to work. It's a process. Mm-hmm. Learn from it, flush it, and let's go go win a game Saturday. Absolutely. Take this loss personally well,
2: so. and go to work. Yeah,
1: go to work. Yep. Ab- we we should have more confidence now after they're rebounding from the. You know, uh, the three-game losing streak buoyed by this five-game winning streak. Yeah, disappointed, frustrated, point out all the mistakes, but don't fans go haywire like this team's off off the rails. It's, it's not. Um, we'll talk about it when and if it does happen, but it's a loss in a tough environment. Uh, I think this team will have a great performance. I can't guarantee a win, but I think they'll really play well Saturday I agree. Um, at home. Yep. I think
0: the atmosphere will be great. I think the guys will rise to the occasion. I think it's just going to be a really, really fun afternoon of basketball and then hopefully a fun night hanging out with you all uh, afterwards. Again, follow our Twitter at Assembly Call. If you're in the community, we'll be posting updates there. Um, But yeah, if you're going to be in town, let us know because we want to make sure that we see you. All right, guys. uh, This has been the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. It is time for last call. Coach, I feel like you kind of gave your last call right there, which was yeah. uh good, good, good word. So we'll go over to Ryan and get his uh, final thoughts on this Indiana yeah, performance.
2: You know, it's not the loss at Maryland. It's the performance. And it was a disappointing performance. There's no way to look at this game and think... Yeah, find a whole. It's hard to find a whole lot of positives. Um, Trace Jackson Davis continues to be a warrior and go out there and fight through adversity. And and you got to remember, a couple weeks ago, this guy was could barely jump with a back injury, and then he's had the last you know whatever it is eight games he's had where he's just you know lighting things on fire and racing up the top of all time lists at Indiana. Uh, But the guys around him need to help him, and and Jalen Hutschino has done that a few times. He had he had two you know off games then blew it out against Ohio State and was incredible. Uh, I know he's been dealing with an illness, so maybe this was bound to happen after the, the great performance at Ohio State, against Ohio State. Uh, but the other guys on the team need to take it personally that they're not helping him out. This guy's giving, you know, Trace Jackson is giving everything for this team to be good and, and is, you know, doing more than we even expected this year, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks. These guys need to take it personally that it's their job to help him out. And, and they need to focus, lock in. It just felt like tonight they were all rattled. There was no focus. The game was not, nothing in the game was easy, and it never felt like it was. And so guys like, you know, Tamar Bates and Jalen Huchofino and Miller Kopp and Trey Galloway and, and Malik Renew, they got to be better. They have to be better if you want to, if this team is going to do the things that we think it's capable of doing. Tonight they didn't. And what happens when they don't do, and tonight is what happens when they don't do that. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: again, it's not the result. It's the performance that we grade, because if you lose on the road at Maryland in a tight game, you feel like, Hey, you know what? It's a tough place to play. Nobody wins there. If you show up like this, you start questioning what's going on with the team. And, and if, they really do have the ceiling. We think they do. So Purdue will tell us a lot. It's a measuring stick game. It's at home. The crowd should be absolutely bonkers because there's plenty of hours for them to get a little lubricated before the game. It's not, it's not a noon start. Uh, We'll be in town. Obviously that's a big deal. Um, So yeah, look forward to seeing all of you who do wind up coming to town on Saturday and potentially Friday night. Um, And you know, let's go out and,
0: Let's kick the crap out of Purdue. Let's just do it. Why not? I'll be getting lubricated pregame by teaching a podcast boot camp. So That's no fun. I, you know, I'm I backing out. I'm
2: backing out. Of <laughs> you're coming. I'm coming Friday. I'm coming Friday. I'm not you're doing coming, Saturday. Actually, I'm going, to, I'm going as press. I can't. I can't.
0: Uh... Uh, no, I. You know what? I, I agree with both of you. It's not the what. It's the how tonight. But I also think it's perfectly reasonable to, hey, this is why we come on the postgame show Let's talk about it. Let's pick out the good stuff, the bad stuff. Honestly, look forward. I wouldn't. Th- I, once you're done listening to the show, I wouldn't even think another minute uh, about this about this game. Um, because all that matters now is what you do in these next two home games. You got Purdue, and then you got your nemesis Rutgers coming in. You know, so you're gonna have to play an emotional game against Purdue, turn around and play Rutgers. But, you know, for Indiana basketball, we need to win home games. We've got to protect home court. I think this team, you know, has done a nice job of that, you know, after losing the Northwestern game and not playing very well there. Um, And so I think there's a lot of reasons to be disappointed in the way that Indiana played tonight. And there's a lot of reasons to be confident in what's going to happen on Saturday. And so that's, you know, kind of my takeaway from tonight. I wish it had been better But it's not in, you know, in the 20 game, you know, Big Ten schedule, you're going to have some games like this. I certainly hope as the program continues to progress that we have fewer of them uh, because that's going to be a big sign of progress. You know, ironically, obviously, a big sign of progress is how many games you win. And Indiana needs to keep winning games. But, you know, we need to lose a little better. You know, when we lose, it needs to be a more competitive performance, you know, a better performance uh, in road games like this. Unfortunately, the guys weren't up for it tonight. I think they will be ready uh, on Saturday. Uh, and you're right; it's time to uh, to beat the Boilers, and you know get you know just put this game behind us and keep the positive momentum going. Because if you do that, you've won six out of seven. Things are still going really, really well. All right, that's going to do it for us. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Assembly Call, and don't forget to go to join.AssemblyCall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops with you Thursday night. Purdue Preview, AC Radio. Until then.
1: Take it from me, Thomas Bryant. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers.
2: All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out.
1: Here I come. This is Sony.
0: Too late. It's 1240 Eastern time. Way too late. (laughs) Mrs. Morris went to bed very early as well. Um, Hey, by the way, uh, for the Purdue postgame show, I just want to let everybody know it will not start right after the game. Uh, we're going to be recording that at the media school and if Galen's going to be there, I'll be there with him. And obviously you guys are welcome to join, but we, we won't start until I get over there. So it probably won't be, you know, a half hour. So that's usually what happens even, you know, if we're doing it live at Switchyard or wherever, it it won't be right after the game, but I, we should be able to broadcast it live in all the normal places. Um, but again, just follow Twitter and we'll have all the details. Um,
2: I was going to say, Jared, maybe we should have. Like two people do the show with Galen, and then two people go over to Switchyard just to that's say fine. hi to
0: people and stuff. Yeah, I mean and Galen like, and guys... I can handle it. I would say you guys yeah. just go if you want to. Okay, to and then well,
2: it, Tony's gonna be in town too, isn't he? Yes. So maybe he could do it with you too. I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, true. you guys, you you two could handle it. I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't trust you, but uh, no, I, I do think it would be good for like you know somebody to be over there so they're not just waiting around for everybody. Yeah. So I could go, I could do I could do press and then go straight over. Yeah, go rant so, in person. Yeah. I'll get up, I'll court. get up on the stage and start yelling. Yeah. Grab the mic. <laughs> <Hopefully laughs> You're gonna let to us do a show? I'll yeah. do a damn show right now. <laughs> uh, I'm holding court. <laughs> Coach, yeah. are you going as as media too?
1: Yeah, I have a media pass. Okay. Oh, I
0: am sitting with a member of the back home network crew. I'll be taking in the game with Scott Caulfield. Oh so nice. Be, oh yeah, yes. Scott.
2: Scott should come straight over to Switchyard too, then. Yeah, unless he, yeah, we'll see how, I, yeah, if he's still around in town. Yeah, 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 if he's
0: still sticking around. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly because um, I've
2: never, I've never hung out with Scott in person.
0: So yeah, it'd be a great time for that. Just have an yeah. awesome weekend, man. I mean, either way, look—we've come up and had bad losses, you know. We've come up and had fun wins, you know. Oh, but the Michigan either way, State one where they be... stormed the floor—that yeah, that was a blast. Michigan State game was great. Then, of course, we were back for the game. Bob Knight returned against Purdue. Completely and they just non-competitive did nothing effort. nothing
2: in the second half. No, the first <laughs> half was fine, and the crowd was super into it. But that second half, I—I I remember it was—it was about eight for Purdue, pretty much the entire second. And there were possessions. We get a stop, and the crowd was just ready to explode missed a three crowd was just ready to explode missed a three like it was missed a jumper like it was so bad like they were this close to like just getting the entire place to go friggin nuts and they
1: couldn't do it couldn't no banner friday right this friday jared i certainly have to get yeah i'm gonna have to get on the road to get down that's just in time for dinner
0: uh jared what time are you getting in on thursday well that depends on if flights are getting out um, well, let's say, yeah. Let's I'm say, supposed to get in at like three to Indianapolis. Okay, cool. so,
2: so unless something happens, you can you can come to dinner with the Phillipses. I should be able to. Okay. Yep.
0: I will. Because uh, we're. i a just little, I'm little worried about the travel though. Because yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we are the, too. But DFW is shut down right now because of the weather. Yeah. So.
2: Um. If well, if it works, I just want to know that you would be able to make it otherwise, because we're going to tell them from three to
0: four. Instead. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. Should be able to. Cool. That well, where are we going good. to dinner? Uh, our team dinner will be at Lenny's. Oh, nice. Yes. I haven't been there in Lenny's okay. Friday night. Ever, I think. Yep, so that'll be good. Yeah. That will be good. Well, yeah, again, let us know if you're gonna be in town. We want to see you. Um follow Twitter, assembly call. We'll yeah. uh, we'll be updating. And by the way, I just you know I want to add something because I know like you know, to what we were talking about with the with the ref stuff earlier and with woody like that is it's not the kind of thing that i would have put much stock into unless i was hearing it from different sources yeah that are you know that would know i'm um, hearing so that's from that's different from people I, at
2: different areas of the program all talking yeah, about it so that, that's, that's, that's why the we bring
0: that up and it, you know we don't sit right there so i mean it's you know something we're laying that you know we're hearing from other people but it's just it's one of those things you kind of you see some things and it's like okay First, you dismiss it, but it's like, maybe there's something to it. So No, when you
2: continually hear the same story from different sources, it's hard to ignore and not discuss. So that's, I mean, that's, I hear things all the time about this program, and I usually keep most of them off the air. But when you hear something repeatedly that is directly impacting
0: games... I mean, our job on the show, you know, I mean, at least the role that we want to play is to come here and obviously help everybody process the emotions of winning and losing, but also help, you know, people see the game, uh, you know, better and, and understand what's happening is, is one of the things we want to do. And I think it's reached a point where I feel like it's germane to the conversations of what's yeah, going on with this team. And, some of the and by the way, this, was, a, this, and, so this anyway, was something that's why that was we brought di- that up.
2: And this is something that was discussed behind the scenes last year as well. This isn't like new over the last few weeks. This has been since the beginning. So, and again, we did address it on the show that, you know, he is new to this and, and whether he, you know, everyone says he's got so much experience. Well, he does, but it's a different game and and it's a different system. And it's a different way of doing things in the NBA. And, you know, he's been around those officials in the NBA for God knows how long, you know, how many years has he been there, even Mm -hmm. as an assistant, you know, he has relationships there. And clearly, if he thinks that the guys in college aren't good enough, uh, you know, he's got to build those relationships and be able to talk to them. And, and you see, you know, the Fran McCaffrey isn't the average uh coach. You know, most of these guys are talking to the officials throughout the game. And, you know, it'll be stuff like, hey, Mike, you missed that one. You know, he got hit. Protect my guys. Protect my guys. It'll be stuff like that. If you sat behind a college bench, you've heard that. It's a constant chirping, a constant talking. It's not typically derogatory until it gets to the level where a guy's getting a technical. Um, it's usually sort of like, Hey, you missed that. We're like, what are you doing? You got to help us out too. If you're going to call that, you got to help us out. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And you build a relationship that way by having what's essentially civil discourse. And you got to do that.
1: It's part of the game. It's a huge part. It's of the an game. interesting thing as a coach. Um, I had some criticism sometimes that I didn't work the officials as much as I should have. But I tried to do it, like you said. I called him over and said, you know what? I don't think you were in position to make that call. Yep. Uh, I you thought talk. you missed that one. Or, hey, tell our guys to block out, would you? Because then you won't have to call those files of us going over to back. And you get a little laughter and you get to know the guys. I really think you end up getting more calls that way yes. than if you're constantly berating. Working the officials
0: is not berating. It's building a relationship. Right.
1: It's building a relationship. It's like your high school coach is known for really antics on the sidelines, Jared. Coach Wood, (laughs) And it would drive us opposing coaches crazy because he would get calls, he'd get calls. But he was a schmoozer on the side, too. Like, as soon as the game's done, he's patting those officials on the back. In the game, he was just ruthless with them a little bit. But you can be hard on officials if you have that relationship. If you are big time in them. Or always screaming, you know, um, you know, it, it, it's tough, you know, um, I always, you know, wanted an official to, you know, turn and say, you know, you missed that, you, you called that play and it didn't work. So I'm going to yell at you now because you meant, you know, but as well, and you know, you're there's a fine right. art, there's a fine art to yeah. working officials, Get,
2: go to the line without
1: going, Yeah, over. go to the line, come back. And then sometimes you just choose to go over the line well you it. might have yeah. to know the individual you know? to know
0: where the line is I exactly mean, right no and the these other, are things the that other... a new
1: coach in a league is gonna it's gonna yeah. take time to develop too you know, so the other things but i would hope happen. i would hope that they don't purposely make calls one way or the other too much because of that no, um, I, you know i, I know I subliminally so too, it probably but, sits in their head but these know. guys are supposed to be professionals and I, I don't know that that you know they come in like man this guy's really pissing me off i'm gonna I'm going to call files against here's Indiana the today. I, I think they value their job and their profession a little bit too much to go to that level. But here's if it's the a 50, 50 call. That's when it might pop. That's, and that's where I see the issue is and the benefit th- of the doubt the stuff too. If they
2: <laughs> like the coach and respect him, they'll listen when he says, Hey, look, my guy's getting hammered every time. Right. Please take a look at that. If they don't <laughs> like or respect him, they're going to ignore what he's talking about. And so that's yep. the line too. coach is, is, it's right. not necessarily they're purposely not calling fouls. It's that coaches often have to say, hey, my guy's telling me he's getting bumped every time he touches the ball. You need to keep an eye on that, you know, and keep an eye that, you know, number five is, is slapping his
1: arm. Every right. Time he and then the they ball. do it because and they respect they, you. They they start looking for it. And they if look, they don't, they're, it. they're going to just think Absolutely. you're complaining because you're, you're constantly. Yes. No.
2: And and the other, the other thing uh, about this whole dance that these guys do is the ability to get to an official and say, Hey, you know what? That was a bad call. And sometimes officials will say like, you know what? I didn't like that call. I didn't see what he saw. Uh, and the implication being, we might owe you one, you know, we might have to let something go at some point. And that officials will say that they won't say we missed it. We owe you one, but there's an implication of like, yeah, you know, that wasn't, yeah, that was close. It was, it was maybe the best 50, 50. officials,
1: best officials. If they like you as a coach, will come over and let you get into them a little bit. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, let you vent and when, then when walk away. They'll
1: just stand there and they're like, "Okay, you done? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I might have missed that one, or yeah, I got you. You know, I hear you. It's like and umpire. It's like I always like those officials to come umpires, over and stand Umpires in right
2: baseball will tell great players that they respect. Hey, I missed that one. I owe you one. Yep. Now, I don't think basketball refs will ever say I owe you one, but they <laughs> no, will but... acknowledge in a roundabout way. Yeah. You kind of got screwed on that one. Like we, you know, maybe the next 50, 50 ball where two guys run into each other, you're not getting it called on you. And, and maybe the next time it's a play on in that same scenario. Um, So yeah, it's it again, as you guys said, it's a, it's a dance you do. And it's something it, this is why being a coach is so difficult. You got to, Call plays, do substitutions, get your guys in the right position, make sure you got the right game plan. And then you got to have a whole second game going on with the officiating crew. They don't work by themselves in a vacuum. And I wish they did, but they don't. And coaches and crowds influence them tremendously. And
0: they're human beings. They're human <laughs> beings. Yeah, they're not robots. Even the they're best going to be. Influenced. That's going to happen. So, yeah. anyway, for those of you who just joined late, this this really has very little to do with this particular game, as we said yes. earlier. The yeah, issues yeah, yeah. did not change. This is really more of a macro conversation about some of the trends that we're seeing, and we're trying to explain it. And, again, a big part of it is just the way Indiana plays. They – like, the fouls called on Indiana, I don't really have a problem with, because I think Indiana commits a lot of those fouls, and I think that's kind of the way they play. Um, but we're it's just about talking about why – why does it feel like we're not getting the benefit of the doubt? Sometimes I think there's a few things that may contribute to that, and I think this this might be one of them. So that's all we're you know we're trying to do, just kind of offer you guys. And we're not and, inside and, and of for things those who that just we're joined, hearing.
2: Yeah. we're not coming up with that by ourselves. Like that is what we've been told. So
0: yeah. So anyway, fun stuff. Um, cool. Let's go to bed. <laughs> we'll reconvene Thursday night. Someone will be here for AC Radio. I think it's going to be Coach Andy uh, and Tony and Ryan. You and I may pop on depending on what's happening in Bloomington Thursday night. I got to prep for my podcast class on Friday. Chuck and Diane will be buying we'll us. Uh, we'll be buying us alcohol on Thursday. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. But they'll have oh, you. We'll be talking oh. an IU Purdue, and then obviously Saturday. Let's have a victorious episode. Let's All right. Do
1: y'all. It. Good night, everyone. Night, guys. See you.